three, two, one. I'm Brian Rector. I'm Gus Erickson. I'm Hayden Nichols. And uh, hey guys, welcome back and thank you for tuning in to WBN Rusting Starters. I'll be honest with you, I forgot what episode it is at this point. Uh, we've been on an extremely long hiatus, but uh, what we can tell you is we're back and we're refreshed after we've rested for long enough. Today we've got a great guest that's affectionately known as K-Mac around Wilsonville High School. We've got Kira McNamee. And Kira, would you like to introduce yourself and talk about what you do around high school? Hi, um, I'm Kira McNamee. I play soccer and basketball for the varsity teams at Wilsonville High School. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was, you know, it's one of these things. I'm thinking about, okay, you know, we've gone down the list and uh, we've kind of evaluated and who do we want? And we definitely, we want Kira because Kira, Kira is an elegant speaker and Kira participates in many things around school. So here we go, off and running. It's WBN Resting the Starters. Now, Kira, I'm interested because obviously you're, you're being a multi-sport athlete as always, um, but specifically right now. So what has it been like to go back and forth between sports? Um, it's definitely a change up. Um having both sports going on right now in the first season and um only being able to go to one practice a day is definitely interesting um creating a balancing act between both teams and giving equal opportunity um right now i'm pretty much alternating during the week um soccer basketball and stuff so yeah it's definitely an interesting um interesting way of changing how normal life is um i know a lot of people are exploring the idea of playing multiple sports for the reason that they want to see friends but so we're seeing a broad spectrum of different kids coming out for sports so that's kind of how would you compare the um covid practices now to what usually goes on would you say they're pretty similar or a lot different or kind of what's the what's the other you know I'd like to say they're pretty similar, but with all the restrictions, um, they've been kind of pretty different. Um, we're not allowed to do contact, as you guys like know, and I've heard in other episodes, you guys have talked about quite a bit. But, I mean, the energy and everyone, for the most part, wanting to be there, it's it's a pretty good feeling, and it gives a little bit of sense of hope for what's to come and the seasons that hopefully are coming up. Um yeah, it's quite different though. Soccer, can't do contact. It's mostly passing, dribbling, combination stuff. But basketball, kind of tweaking and working on technical things. And yeah. And, uh, you know, Kira, I, this is something, and I'm glad that you said it because that's a good segue to my question. Uh, we talk about sort of what the energy looks like and how people are adapting to these new protocols and these new circumstances that we have but specifically with our girls soccer and basketball programs who both of them were last year were streaking towards a championship and were writing contention and uh, i know it may be a sore subject but i'm curious um for (laughs) one that was ended so abruptly for basketball getting to that um sort of final four-esque piece and also soccer Uh, what's it been like to keep the energy high and keep that chip on your shoulder this year? Yeah, it's definitely been something else. I mean, 
going off of a season, both seasons like we had last year, we were kind of hoping to come in this year and really give other teams a run for their money and um, see what we could do this year for both soccer and basketball because we definitely are, I would say, still in contention for both. Um, I think we're all, it's right now the main word I'm using in life but also sports is hope um we're just all in hopes that we're gonna get our season um whether it's pretty soon here or in a little bit we're just holding on to that and working as hard as we can um presently to see where that can get us and hopes that we're ready by season that's all you can do right and i appreciate that perspective you have on it of uh getting back to the grindstone you know i know that's what we talk about just keeping the head down and keep going um yeah. focusing on what you can you know for sure are there uh, anything else um that you guys hayden and gus you guys would like to ask about i was uh, just gonna ask uh, how you felt about the teams but you kind of answered that already so <laughs> yeah i mean we came off a pretty high loss season for soccer and losing in PKs in the state championship. So, well, little bit which was well, not really losing, but it's okay. <laughs> we can define that multiple different ways, but uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we yeah, have we have subject. we have the tape. <laughs> we do Ball have the in. tape. We actually we caught them the in tape. 4K. Uh, as we did. <laughs> 4K. Man, that's kryptonite, man. The OSA. I'm telling you. It's something it's oh. something with Wilsonville Sports, man, and I'm probably gonna get thrown off as the host of this podcast for saying <laughs> But it's true. We can't buy a bucket, of course. I mean, with these uh, I mean, whether you wanna say the refs or the leadership at the OSA level, we can't do it. Uh-huh. And uh, for our senior class, I just hope that we can. What are your thoughts exactly. on that? <laughs> it's definitely been a tough few years for some of our sports. Um, especially at Hillsborough Stadium. Um, I don't think we've pulled out any big W's out there in in a few years. So, yeah. It's a serious curse. It really is. (laughs) But uh, is there anything else you'd like to add or you'd uh, like us to talk about or you think is uh, interesting for us, Kara? Um, Not a whole lot. Just trying to keep the hope and praying that we'll get our seasons and we can have a good senior year as well as show good community and the hard work we've put in in this season one off season type thing you know again i appreciate your comments there and it just gave me another question so i hope you don't mind sticking (laughs) around for a minute no no worries Um, Operating under the assumption that there won't be any fans in the stands and there won't be um, the high sense of community that Wilsonville has and um, thrives off of, how do you think that's going to change the dynamic as uh, you play especially at home games and even on the road, um, not having fans travel with you? You know, we've got a pretty good community, but I mean, in the whole scheme of things, it's gotten better over the years, but our girls' soccer and basketball programs don't have the greatest following. So, personally, it kind of has been tough over the years, but it could work into our advantage this year if that's not allowed because we're used to feeding off of each other's energy and off the game, the play of the game. And so, I think some other teams may lack that. And so, I think in the whole 
as a whole, I think it can actually play to our advantage. And we do a pretty well, good job in both soccer and basketball of feeding off of each other and encouraging each other. So, huh. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know that um, basketball typically receives a pretty large following, which is really cool. Uh, but I know, I yeah. know soccer is usually lower, like you were saying, in terms of the amount of people yeah. who turn out. And, and that, what was that? That's another thing with basketball. Sorry. No problem. It's yeah. another thing with basketball. <laughs> yeah, our following is pretty good, but um, it's like away games. I mean, usually our boy, we our school um, hypes up pretty much our home games, which is fabulous. It's so good to have and stuff. So where you appreciate um, uh, our fans supporting boys programs on the nights that we have away games. So in that sense, it's something that's going to play into our advantage that we can play and have a winning season um, without that. Huh. Yeah. I definitely see what you're saying. And for me, I appreciate the creation of energy because um, that's something that I'll have to work on being potentially in the booth um, for all these sports. So I kind of like what you're saying there. But thank you for uh, sticking around and answering our questions. And uh, this is kind of the section of the show where we let you go if you so choose. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for yeah, having thank me. You, thank you, Kira. See ya. Thank you, guys. Bye. So, guys, we got Hayden and Gus here, and we got Brian here. We have our whole crew today, and uh, let's get right into it after a great showing by Kieran McInerney. What do you guys want to cover first? Um, you know, Brian, we, we were talking about it earlier. The uh, football team uh, finished up our COVID season, as they would call it. season. Gus's one. team lost. We, we uh, chicken and bean bowl-esque type thing. It was uh, social distance, team split up fairly evenly although i will speak to the fact that my team did not have chad payton or kellen which were big losses and we still only lost by five so you know it 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 was a good game though i thought we saw a lot of good talent from both chase and jackson the quarterbacks who you know kind of got to step in this year step up and be you know competing for the starters but um it was good to see the talent i i think that throughout our seven on seven season and then the chicken and bean ball on Friday, we've kind of seen that we'll, we'll be easily a state competitor and hopefully it happens, but you know, definitely in the running for a state championship. Yep. Man, that's huge. I love to hear that. And uh, chicken and bean, I've heard about it over the last couple of years, obviously, but uh, allow me to ask a question of, is that a seven-on-seven seven format, or what are you seeing there? Yeah, so even even without the, the COVID season, normally we would do the chicken and bean bowl is a seven-on-seven seven non-contact, and it's just kind of the end our week of spring practice. But because we couldn't get those spring practices this year, we wanted to kind of go out of the COVID season with, with a bang, so to speak. And so we decided to do the chicken and bean bowl then. So, you know, it, it, it was it's kind of the same as a chicken and bean bowl normally is. Two evenly split up teams, seven on seven. Uh, Jackson and Chase, the two quarterbacks, threw for both teams. So, they, you know, they were QB only. They weren't connected to one team. So we, we could kind of see where we're at. And obviously everyone was wearing masks and distance on the sideline and things like that. But uh, a lot of guys had good games, and it was really good to see, uh, you know, kind of inter-squad competition. 
Mm. Yeah, and uh, we also had the linemen going through a combine as well. So they did forty times uh, broad jump and then a lift off at the yeah. end with the really the okay. bench. That's interesting to hear. And uh, who would you say was sort of leading those guys? Uh, I didn't really watch it much because I was playing in the game. But the uh, the bench off at the end was pretty much just Jake Moore and Cade Butterworth. <laughs> yeah. Now I will oh. give a quick shout out to Coach Gunther. Yep. Jake Moore for most bench press reps. I think he got 28 of 185, and Jake and Moore got, Jake got 27. Jake got 27. So Gunther came out and showed us who's boss, which was cool to see for sure. Wow. <laughs> no way, man. That's unbelievable. That is – that's really cool to hear, actually. I always appreciate when a coach gets down and dirty with the entirety of his program. Yeah, I, I think that uh, our linemen are looking good this year. To your point of who's leading them, I think Jake and Cade are, are kind of the leaders on the line, but there's a lot of guys that got to fill in, you know, losing Noah last year, arguably our best offensive lineman. There's a lot of guys who are going to have to step up this year and, you know, be be good for our running game and our pass game. So, you know. Losing Cody, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cody, too. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for sure. Yeah, that's been a position that has, I I wouldn't say necessarily scrutinized, but it's been a a little bit under fire the last couple of years in our program. So Yeah, I I agree with you there, but I think now we're kind of hitting our stride with what we want the line to do. Uh, And I think that this year, you know, we're going to shake it up, have some tight end packages and things like that. So Usually the way we run our West Coast spread offense, the the linemen are kind of spread pretty thin because it's just the mm-hmm. base set for spread. Mm. But when we throw in a tight end or something like that, it'll open us up to run outside and a lot of other things that I think will help the line a lot. Okay, absolutely. And versatility wins, right? Yeah, 100%. And when you have, uh, when you have such a versatile set of guys up front, that opens up the pass and the run and allows freedom on that side of the ball. Right. So I love hearing that. Hey, uh, Hayden, I have a question. Can you speak to what's going on with uh, boys basketball? Uh, yeah, I can. So it's been a lot of the same stuff, a lot of just fundamental work, conditioning, just basic plays without much contact, of course, because got to stay separated. But uh, we uh, actually ended up canceling this week so we could focus on finals. So I'll have more for you on that next week. Okay, absolutely, yeah. I know uh, Coach Roach is always a man of the people in the fact that he's looking out for the student-athletes and allowing them to excel in the classroom, too. So that's very good to hear. <laughs> hey, uh, I just wanted to chime in uh, on my end really quickly. I can speak to boys' golf in that we have uh, done one nine-hole sort of practice round and mm-hmm. introductory piece, and... Uh, that was over at Charbonneau. We just took an afternoon over there and kind of hit some balls around and learned uh, about who's going to be with us this year. And we're looking very thin. So if you're an athlete at Wilsonville looking for a sport that will uh, start up in the spring, potentially, I would consider boys golf, man, because we have some dudes, but we only have a few dudes. And uh, we'd really like to uh, see some new faces jump out and come uh, join us over there and uh, and just to give a shout out to golf it's a lifelong sport you won't get a concussion or tear your acl like many other sports so if you're looking for something 
maybe we can get some athletes who have offers, uh, you know, winter or uh, fall sport offers locked down, you know, and they can just come out and golf. I think that would be cool to see for sure. Just kind of take some stress off the body and ease up and have a good time. I mean, obviously, you know, no one's saying golf is easy. I think it's one of the hardest sports out there. But, you know, I think wear and tear on your body wise, it's a lot. It's a lot better for some of the athletes out there. Yeah, I really appreciate the respect, the respect that you put on its name, Gus, because yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. Anyone I who's played golf that, knows that. Oh, it's one of the hardest sports. Yeah. I think uh, as we look across the landscape, right, we see injuries <laughs> and, and, and the inability to continue into a um, even intermediate age, right? And yeah. so it's, it's really cool that you have that opportunity to start learning something now um, or continue to work on your craft that you uh, will continue to for a long time. And uh, so we've covered a very good amount of Wilsonville sports here today. And uh, do you guys want to hit college or uh, pro sports at all? Well, before we start that, Brian, uh, I just want to give a shout out to you and congratulate you on getting accepted to Michigan State. Everyone who doesn't know, Michigan State has been Brian's dream school since I met him in like first grade. So that is a very big accomplishment. Congratulations to you, Brian. Congrats, Brian. Do that to me. Ah, it's uh, cool of you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, for me, it's really fulfilling. Uh, like you said, it's been that whole amount of time that I've been taking calculated measures to try and get to this yep. school. And now that I'm in, it's beyond satisfactory. And uh, now that sort of my question of where I might end up is somewhat off the table, at least, it's exciting to kind of look around and uh smell the roses and see what oh yeah is up to. what do you do you think you're for sure gonna go there brian or are you still keeping your options open um i'm not committing yet i've had a lot of conversations with friends and family trying to figure out what to do uh, in the coming months but i think that i'm gonna hold off for at least a little bit just to see what else comes in yeah you know you gotta weigh all you gotta weigh all the offers you don't want to rush into something without a question but uh the thing that i continue to say is uh that's the place for me and it has been for a long time so you know i'm hopeful right um like kira was saying uh i just have hope and i kept the faith and um did the work and that's kind of been my motto about it but it's paid off for sure <laughs> That's big time, Gus. Thank you for uh, throwing me out there. But uh, let's get right into it, though. We've got college and we've got pro sports. Now, so, I uh, do, I, I do want to settle something with Hayden real quick. Okay, feel free. You know, during the draft, there was a lot of debate: who should get who, who should get Tua, and who should get Justin Herbert. Yep. And uh, you know, not here to take away anything from Justin Herbert. He's played great. Uh, for the church, I think he's been a big asset. But Tua comes in first game and gets a win. Okay. Which okay. Justin Herbert All right. is All right. just All not right. equipped to do, in my opinion. All right. All right. Hold up. So, we're going to compare Tua, who threw for like 60 yards. 93. Touchdown. 93. 93. Oh, that's terrible. Game manager. His game defense manager. backpacked him. Game manager. Justin Herbert goes out. He's throwing for 300 plus a week, a couple touchdowns. And his coaching staff and defense have just been awful. Anthony Lynn is the worst head coach in the NFL, other than Adam Gase, of course. But, oh, 
it's just awful. And Tua, I mean, one wrong hit to the hip, and he's done. He's done. He's out. He's gone. I, I, I just think that, you know, we can compare stats all day, but I, I, I just think it settled a, a bit of the debate when Tua comes out there, gets a W on the on the schedule. Well, so they have the same amount of career wins. In the NFL? Yeah. Right, but in how many games? Doesn't matter. Yeah. So Herbert, had, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Herbert was forced into a role he wasn't apparently wasn't ready for, and he's forced into the role is, of, of quarterback. Forced into the starting role well, <laughs> well before he was supposed to oh, be. Okay, and Maybe he just so. come out and been a bang. I mean, dude well, dropped thirty eight. He put here's he, the thing. how many how many fantasy points did he put on your head two weeks ago? Thirty eight. Here's the thing that I do want to talk about in the NFL is it's constant. It's every year. Teams get a rookie in the draft, and they go, we're going to develop him this year. We're going to help be the backup and develop. Three games in, he's in there. Tua, Herbert, Mayfield. Like, the list goes on. Lamar? Even without injuries. Even without, yeah. It's like. And that makes sense because the best. I I, I guess I get it, but you might as well just say, hey, we might put him in if our starter is not looking too good. Which is a fine position. But when you come in the season, always saying, we're going to develop him. We're going to develop him. And then you instantly throw him in. It just kind of takes a credibility away, in my opinion. Well, and, uh, excuse me, boys. I want to kind of throw something out here. Yeah. You got two different sides to this equation. And this I find interesting as well, Gus. So I'm glad you brought it up. But we have a situation like Green Bay is, okay? Where they draft um, Jordan Love out of Utah State, right? And you're thinking, weird okay, pick. You're right, 26th in the draft. You're thinking, okay, well, uh, that was interesting. And uh, <laughs> does he play, or does Aaron Rodgers have a year like Aaron Rodgers has? So there's that stipulation to it. But on the other side, there's a quarterback situation like Cincinnati, where they draft Burrow with n- number one overall. And there's no one there to kind of hold that place for him to develop. He's there week one, knowing that he's going to be that guy. What do you guys think? So my opinion on this is the Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, that just doesn't make sense to me because we've watched a guy like Brady play well into his 40s. And Rodgers, how old's Rodgers? Like 36? That's right. 36? He's 36. He has at least two or three more good years left in him. And the thing is, you, they're pretty much essentially, in my opinion, wasting a first round pick on Jordan Love because Jordan Love's just going to sit for the next two or three years. That just doesn't make sense. So for a team like Cincinnati to draft a quarterback and throw him right in, that makes perfect sense. And with the Herbert and Tua, I feel like the best experience for a quarterback is game experience. It's not sitting behind and watching Tyrod Taylor throw passes because you're not learning anything from a dude who's been a journeyman his whole career. Exactly. If you're going to learn... If you're going to learn, you need to go out there and actually play against NFL defenses, play against NFL secondaries, and see how see how much the speed changes. Hmm. Yeah, that's right, too. And I have pretty much every agreement that I can with that, with the exception of the college game has become a lot more professionalized lately. And you're right, it's hard to replicate that speed and size, but... It's almost getting to the point where the transitions can be seamless. Well, at the same time, the the NFL and college games, while they might be becoming more similar with the athletes playing in it, and the style of play is just still so different. 
I mean, college is pass, pass, pass. Let's go put big points on the board. And you see a lot more conservative play in the NFL, and that's an adjustment in its own right. Very true. Very true. Uh, the only... <laughs> and just for debate's sake, I want to say that as you move across the regions and across the conferences, the style of play differs. Um, oh, 100%. To a more professional aspect. The SEC um, is the most pro-type style of play. Yeah. And versus the Pac-12. For Big sure. 12. For sure. I mean, the Pac-12 is entirely air raid, right? And the Big 12. Is yeah. Right. Well, I, I would say the Pac-12 is easily the fifth worst Power 5 conference. And some would, would want them to be in the group of five. In the, well, group of six, if they were at it. No offense this to This year, right. it's going to be the Big 12. But I would say typically, yeah, Gus, you're right. Who, who's, so tell me who's the big winner out of the Pac-12 then. It's going to be Oregon or SC. No question. Right. Oregon, um, Oregon's defense is just ridiculous. That's true. That's true. Although multiple guys have pulled out because of this whole situation. That's true. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, Gus, in answer to your question, it's clear cut in my mind. The championship is SC Oregon. And whoever wins that, I couldn't tell you. You know, Brian, uh, you know, going to USC games with you growing up, I, I couldn't be more cheering for them to win. You know, I think that it's it's their time, right? It's it's the constant, and not even to poke at them, but it's the constant, like Michigan, ranked high every year. This is going to be our year. This is going to be our year, et cetera, et cetera. Steamrolled by Bama. This year, if they played, probably would have been a closer game. We didn't get to see. But I, I really so. hope that USC can finally step up and get it done and Get in the playoff. I um, I agree with you 100%. And actually, you know, you guys know my dad, right? Yeah. He, he, uh, he's, a, he's a dedicated fan. And uh, we were just talking about it as well. Uh, this idea of how they're in a seemingly brilliant position going into every year since the end of the Pete Carroll era, era excuse me, and then fall flat early in the year. It makes no sense. With one or two exceptions to that, um, in terms of you throw in a, a drunk happened. coach banquet in there and some things like that. <laughs> Lo- yeah, lots of change in turnover, one hundred percent. But uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? No, I think we're good to go. We got a lot in this podcast. Yeah, it's like twenty five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Without a doubt, it's a big one, and uh, we hope that you have well, stayed until the we end. We did have to kind of make up for a miss, right? So, yeah, times. very true. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, and uh, we're glad that we could be back here with you today and come off the hiatus. And next week, we'll uh, be in journalism class together, so maybe yes, we sir. see it two episode weeks. You know, it's hard to say, who knows. That's right. It's going to be exciting. We're changing it up, like Gus said. Maybe we'll go live in the studio. Yeah. Who knows, man? Maybe get some, are, some video in there. Who knows? There are a world of possibilities, and we'll fill you in when we can. But uh, until then, thank you for being with us, and I uh, hope you enjoyed, everybody.